Big Buck Registry's Hunter Highlight Series, Dave Thompson and the Thompson Big Boy Buck. Big Buck Registry is a virtual museum of hunting stories. We preserve a piece of Americana by interviewing and recording hunters about their hunts and experiences from across the country. And who knows, maybe we'll learn a thing or two along the way that'll help us take our hunt to the next level. Hey folks, this is Scott Skier from Primal Instinct TV on the Outdoor Channel. And you're listening to my favorite podcast on the internet, the Big Buck Registry's Big Buck Podcast. Hey guys. It's Tom Martin with Buck Commander. I'm going to make this short and sweet. If you want to hunt Kentucky, have a great time with great people, fellowship, kill deer, eat great, look up Mark Clifford, Premier Outfitters in Western Kentucky. You will not regret it. I highly recommend it. Hey everybody, this is Jay Scott from the Big Buck Registry. You know, every now and then we find a buck that has been posted on our wall of fame that sticks out just a little bit more than the rest. And it prompts us to invite that hunter onto the show to tell their story in their own words on the Big Buck Registry Hunter Highlight Series. So this week's guest is Dave Thompson, who's going to tell us all about how he harvested the Thompson Big Boy Buck. Hope you enjoy. Dave Thompson, welcome to the Big Buck Registry's Hunter Highlight Series. How are you? Just fine. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, man. We're psyched to have you on the show. So this deer you shot from Ohio... um, we got to hear the story behind it. Before we do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm an avid hunter. I've been hunting since I was 11 years old, um, 40 years old now. Um, I shoot competitive archery. Um, I shoot for Matthews and a lot of other uh, companies and stuff that uh, sponsor me. Okay. So I, I do a lot of that. That's cool. So you get, you're hooked up with, with Matthews. And when you say shoot competitively, what does that mean? Uh, I shoot 3D. Uh, targets okay gotcha and you're you must you must be a couple of dogs barking in the background there yes that's cool what are, what are the names of your dogs uh i have a golden retriever named sydney okay. and a german shepherd named molly very nice so you're you must be a pretty good shot if you've got some sponsors behind you um i'm typically pretty good um right. i shoot just i shoot in semi pro class well, that's good. That sounds like a, a, a pretty respectable class. Um, Dave, where are you from? I'm from Logan, Ohio. Okay. And then, are you born and raised there? Um, I was born in New Straitsville, Ohio, which is about 15 miles away. Gotcha. Um, when I uh, turned 18, uh, I went to the Marine Corps, and when I got out of the Marine Corps and stuff, um, I spent a couple years doing construction, and now I'm a correction officer um, for the state of Ohio. Very cool. So how long have you been deer hunting? I've been deer hunting since uh, I was 11, so that would have been 173. I would have been 83, 84. Gotcha. Very cool. All right, so let, let's get the story behind the deer. Um, in August August 2013, you first saw the deer on game camera. Is that correct? Um, no. Actually, it was... Uh, it was in 2012. Okay. Um, I had a good friend that I knew um, come to my work as a supervisor, and I haven't haven't seen him or talked to him in a long time. And and he was here in Ohio, uh, Logan, Ohio. So I got to know him, and he actually said, you know, hey, once you come hunt, you know, I got I got some decent deer. 
And I said, well, if you don't mind, I said, I'll put some cameras out and, you know, see what you got. So I think it was, well, it was about two weeks before season in 2012. Um, I put I put a couple game cameras out and we're allowed feeding here in Ohio. So I put some corn out and within within a couple of days, within a couple of days, I had, uh, you know, this buck on camera and I was just uh, amazed, you know, of this deer. So I, I showed the landowner and my buddy and he was, you know, he's like, oh, I know that deer. You know, I've seen him around here a couple of times. And he's been around here for a couple of years. And um, so one thing led to another and I started, I actually tried to set up a blind and stuff for the landowner to kill it. Um, okay. I had him coming in really regular, you know, and I said, hey, you know, hunt on this wind, you know, and he'll come in. Yeah. My landowner really never got to hunt. So that year, uh, 2012, I only saw him one time in the stand, and it was uh, the last week of season, which is February of 2013. Right, gotcha. And then I put cameras out again April of 2013, and within the first week, um, I got him coming in. He was actually probably four or five inches out of his head and already started his brow pines in the first week of April. Wow. And I actually do I do a week-by-week thing um, on my cameras. Every I, I check them every week, and then I put them on my computer in, in week orders and actually get the growth of them, how they grow. And I've been doing that for a couple of years now. Interesting. But in, in, okay. in, uh, I hunted him a couple times um, early season. He was coming in early in the mornings. Um, when I got into a stand, it would take a picture, and he would walk out of the food plot when I was walking in. Uh, we played cat and mouse roughly for a couple of weeks, and next thing you know, he disappeared on me. Um, he disappeared roughly for five and a half weeks. Hmm. And come to find out, um, he was three-quarters of a mile up the road, and another buddy of mine, which is a teacher, um, was getting pictures of him, and luckily he shot a smaller buck a couple of days before he started getting pictures of this deer. And then come to find out, um, a week before week before I shot him, a buddy of mine called me and said, "Hey, you've been getting pictures of this deer." And I said, "No, I haven't got pictures at all." And I'm like, "He's like, well, I'm sitting here watching it in the park, which is right in town of Logan." Oh, really? And he was in the park. Yeah, so, yeah he was in the park with those chasing them, <laughs> and this was. This was a week before um, Thanksgiving, and he was still with those. Wow. Okay. So he saw he saw him that Tuesday night and that Wednesday night in the same park right in town, and I'm three-quarters of a mile from there and outside of town. So I I knew he was back in the area. Well, I got one picture of him early in the morning um, a day later, so I knew he was back in the area. Usually he disappears because there's not much does where I'm, I'm at. So he disappears and goes to the does, and then he usually comes back right after rut. Well, he came back, and I had a couple couple daytime pictures of him on a Monday, which I was going to call in sick to work, and I never. And then when I go to check my cameras, there he is at 10.30 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just sick. So <laughs> it was it was on Black Friday um, that night. Um, it was Thursday night. I went shopping with me and my wife, and we done some shopping on Black Friday. Yep. The Friday morning, I didn't get a hunt because we was out all night shopping, and he was him and two other nice bucks was together. All three of them was together, and they come by my camera through the food plot roughly around four fifty, right around that. So I knew they were in the area. So was, I went um, back in there. That was. Uh, <laughs> Just to give you a time frame, it was November 29th. As is, that's one of the pictures that you sent, I think, right? Yes, yes. That was the morning. That was the morning before I killed him. Yes. Okay. Um, he he come by the he come by the camera November 29th, 
and so I knew he was in the area. So November 29th, that evening, I'm up in the stand, um, and literally probably within four, within an hour of being in the stand, I hear something. I look down to my right, and here comes a doe. And behind him, behind her was two large bodies. And I immediately got, you know, my adrenaline started going. I started breathing heavy. Um, so I looked through binoculars, and the first one was him. And the, the other one was probably 30 yards behind him, and they were standing on the hillside in snow. Hmm. So, I mean, it was just a really pretty scene. Yeah. And I never thought it would ever come together because it took like 25, 30 minutes before they, he even got within range before I could shoot him. And when he did, the doe come up to the corn pile and she was sitting there eating. He kind of come up and was going to come to her. And the third buck come from over the hill. He turned and walked away from me. And I was like, my heart drops. I'm like, this ain't going to happen. And so he he immediately run that deer off and come turned around and come running back in and then tried to dog her and push her off the corn. And by that time, I was already full draw and, and shot him and I like to I like to hunt high out of a tree stand anyway, um, because I I move around a lot. So I yeah. figure the higher I am, the better you know, less less to be seen. Sure. So I'm thirty I'm probably roughly thirty feet up in a in a summer climber, and he's he's only eighteen yards, and so I, I hit him a little high, and it penetrated the top of his first lung and barely penetrated his second lung. And he ran off, and I, all I could see was my green knock glowing. And he ran probably 75, 80 yards and stopped. And I'm sitting there watching him, and all of a sudden, my green knock disappears. I'm like, okay, he <laughs> fell right there, or he's just over the hill. So I'm, I'm so excited, you know. I'm uh, first, first one I text is my wife, you know, I, and I'm literally almost crying. I'm like, you know, I, I got him. I finally got him. And, um, she's like, well, I'm proud of you. I'm glad of it, you know. So I finally undone my safety harness, got down out of the tree stand, and, and I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, I'm just going to give him some time. So actually, I went to a 3D tournament, um, indoor um, 3D money shoot that night and actually took first place. <laughs> and so me and the landowner and uh, another buddy of mine, Brad Wood, he, um, they, we all went back out there that night at about 1130. So I shot him, shot him roughly about four. 50 somewhere around there yeah and um so i give him you know roughly six hours and i was like you know that's, that should be plenty of time so we went up to there and we're, we all got flashlights and we popped up over the hill and all i could see was my green knock glowing down there and oh, behind okay. it was yeah and all i could see was uh, something white behind it well i thought it was his belly so i go running down there and i'm screaming you know like a little kid and i get down there and my heart drops because it's just the arrow laying there and it was a and it was snow on a, on a log gotcha Ugh. so i looked off to yeah so i looked off to the side and i see a bed where he bedded down right there and there was just two little spots and i was like okay this one's from his wound and this one must be coming out of his nose and mouth and i'm like well if it's coming out of his nose and mouth i must have got at least lung and so I, I backed out immediately and I couldn't hardly sleep that night. And about six o'clock, six thirty in the morning, I'm getting texts, you know, from another buddy of mine, you know, you out there yet? You out there yet? It's getting daylight. And I said, no, I said, I actually just went to sleep. I said, you know, if he's out there, he's out there, you know, I'll, I'll get out there soon, soon enough. And so I finally got up and about eight o'clock, I got out to there and the lane there was still asleep. And so I, I went out there myself and didn't have really nobody to go with. So I went out there myself and started tracking him from where I last saw blood. Yep. Went across went across the ravine and he went up on into this pines. Well, there wasn't much snow in the pines, so I, I was just finding like a little spot here, a little spot there, and I'm like, Okay. So I kind of followed where maybe he would have went 
And I found this highway. I mean, it was just like a, I mean, Rub City and just, I mean, where they just run back and forth. Sure. So I, so I started up through there and I found one little spot of blood and I, and I look at it and it had air bubbles in it. And I'm like, I definitely got lung. So I took a picture and I sent it to my buddy and he's like, you know, if you got lung, you know, you should be not far. So I walked on up maybe 15 yards and I'm sitting in two beds full of blood and I'm like, okay, where's he at? You know, so I'm looking, I, I got my binoculars, I'm looking on over on the, the snowy hillside and I'm looking, I'm looking and I pull my binoculars down and he's literally eight yards in front of me laying away from me, but he's got his head popped up on a log. And I'm like, I immediately just froze and I started, you know, breathing real hard. And I'm like, okay, is he breathing? So I sat there and watched him probably 15, 20 seconds and he didn't take a breath. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I went to step off to the side and when I did, it must have brought life back into him. Up he come, he got about three quarters of the way up Whoa. and he collapsed. Yeah. So it scared me. You know, and I'm like, okay, I don't want this deer to get away. So I'm like trying to fondle for my release, you know, which is in my pocket. And I'm like, okay, you know, I used to shoot pro fingers. So I'm like, he's only eight yards. I can shoot him with my fingers. Yeah. So I immediately pulled, pulled, <laughs> pulled my bow back. And the first first shot went kind of forward, and I was like, okay, that one's not a really a kill shot. So I put another one in him, yeah. and he, he expired right there. And, I mean, it was just celebration all over. Wow. No kidding. So from beginning to end, how many years of a relationship did you have with this buck? Uh, I had two years with this buck. Um, at the end of the first year in 2012, um, he actually got shot through his uh, front shoulders um, up by his shoulder blades. And um, on the bot there on your Facebook website, I actually put a picture of him in 2012 where he got shot. And he never had no scar. He never had nothing because that's the first thing I look for. You know, after I shot him, I'm like, you know, where's these scars at? Because I want to see how close it was to, right. you know, someone killing him. And I, I could not find no scars whatsoever. Interesting. And But you could see yeah. it? You could see it up close? Yes. I mean, well, not up close. I mean, I got pictures of him with his head down and I mean, literally went right to his front shoulder blades, um, you know, from one side to the other. I don't know if it was a an, an archery wound or, you know, muzzle odor. I, I have no clue what it was. Interesting. So he had but, been shot before and there was evidence on the, when you harvested him of the, sh of something. No, that there, no? there, there was no evidence when I harvested him out of any scar or anything where he got shot. Okay. Gotcha. So there was a rumor that he'd been shot. Or we, how, how do we determine that? No, no, I got pictures of him. Interesting. Um, and to, at the end of 2012, first part of 13, um, I was getting pictures of him, and I got pictures of him every day. I mean, I got so much, so much video and so much pictures of this deer. I mean, it's just unreal. And you know, and then when I saw him, because he he disappeared in 2012. Um, just like he did in 2013, yeah. but he only disappeared roughly two, two and a half weeks then, but he come right back in the area. Gotcha. You know, in 2013, he left for five and a half weeks. Gotcha. So he, he so, kept coming back to his home territory. Correct. Yep. Interesting. Yep. And like that, this, this area is just a real small area, you know, and you know, that he just travels, you know, basically across the road into town and back he comes. Gotcha. So. And has, has that been... Have you seen this occur in this area with these other bucks too, or is this just something unique for this deer? Um, actually, it occurs with all these bucks because where he went, uh, where another buddy of mine is a teacher, which is three quarters of a mile up the other way, um, is towards town. Um, he saw every buck that I had on camera. Okay. So they travel up that way to the does, and then, like I said, they kind of go down into town, and then they circle right back around. Interesting. So they kind of have a routine that you've patterned over the years. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Well, tell us just a little bit about your uh, deer setup or your hunting setup. What do you use for like scent control and uh, your bow and your arrows, and, and how do you prep yourself for the day of a good good hunting experience? Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a well-firm believer in scent control. Um, you know, you see all these and I'm from the sticks and I see all these hillbillies and everything. They go out in camo, you know, jeans or, you know, just, and kill, and kill big deer. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer, you know, I, I do it from the beginning. I, I throw my towel in scent control, you know, and, uh, scent or whatever in the dryer so I, I start off with you know doing scent free bath and scent free drying off with a towel um then i go into i don't get dressed until i get out there um i get out of the car i spray down i put my scent lock suit on i use scent blocker yep. um and you know from there i walk back which is a short walk back to my stand um and you know sometimes i, I hunt the food plot which i got a lock on and then sometimes I just use the climber and, you know, I can go in between the two places that I feed, which is only about 60, 70 yards away from each other. Then, uh, but my setup, um, I shoot, like I said, I shoot all year. Um, I go right in from competitive shooting, uh, right into hunting setup. Um, like I said, I shoot for Matthews. Last year I used a MR7, um, 64 pounds. Um, I, sh- I shoot for Carbon Express. So I shoot the maximum blue streaks. 250s. Um, I shoot for um, Rage, so I use the hypodermic needle yep. um, to kill him with, and you know, and it's just a pretty much lethal combination. You know, I I do all my bow setups myself. I uh, work on a lot of other people's stuff, and you know, I make strings and everything. So I'm pretty prepared once I get into the woods, and you know, I I know that you know some people will not not make a shot after 25 or 30 yards. You know, they'll, they'll pass and. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident up to, you know, 50, 60 yards out there that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make a good shot and a lethal shot. You know, I'm not, unless unless there's a lot of brush around and I won't make that shot, you know, it's got to be a a good shot before I make it. Gotcha. So you'll, you'll be patient for that right shot. Interesting. Yes. How about your boots? Are your boots rubber? Yes. I use rubber boots. Um, yep. Um, I'm firm believer in rubber. You know, like I said, a lot of people just throw on a pair of boots and go and, uh, I keep everything in a scent lock, you know, bag and, gotcha. you know, I go, I go from there, you know, I shoot for Scott and CVE. So I shoot, you know, the shoot their site and shoot the release and everything. I just, I'm pretty confident in my, in my equipment. How often do you practice? I usually practice about every day, every day, every day. Yep. Every day I go out in my backyard and, you know, I got a four by four target back there and, you know, I'll shoot at that. And I got a Glendale buck, you know, when I go to put my practice broadheads on, I'll, I'll shoot at that. And I'll usually shoot anywhere between, you know, 40 to 60 arrows a day. And, you know, sometimes, you know, due to, you know, home life and everything, you know, I don't get to, but for the most part, I like to get out there at least once a day and shoot, shoot a little bit. If not, I'm in my garage making strings or, you know, tinkering around. Gotcha. And how many arrows do you take with you when you go to shoot the, the 60 arrows a day? Um, I usually have five or six okay. um, that I practice with, and then I usually have uh, I have an arrow quiver of five that I just I keep off to the side, and that's I'll, I'll shoot those one or two times and make sure they're hitting the same as my practice arrows. Yep. And you know that's that's how I do that. So you do somewhere between six and twelve rounds of five arrows each, thereabouts. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. And that's about all you need, and you know it'll keep your and and I like to shoot longer distances. Yeah. Um, you know between fifty and sixty yards. Uh, you know when I'm practicing because it makes those, you know, 
20 to 30 yard shots even more better. Right. A little more simple. If you had one tip to leave with the community of the Big Buck Registry, what would it be to make you a better hunter? Um, prepare. I mean, you know, don't just go out there and, and, you know, think that you're going to luck. And some people do luck into, you know, find a deer and everything like that. But, um, you know, I, I feel that the more preparation you have, the, the better your statistics is of killing a, a big deer. Cause once you, once you screw it up, um, uh, like I said, usually you don't have a, a second opportunity at, at that big buck. Right. Right. Very cool. Well, Dave, thanks for spending a few minutes and telling us the story behind this fantastic deer. Did you give the deer a name? Um, no, I really didn't. Um, a buddy of mine, you know, give me, <laughs> give me a name for it because I had so much fits with it. And, you know, I really can't say what he said it was, but, <laughs> you know, I just, um, but I never really give it a name. Um, it was just big boy. Basically is all I ever called him. Big, big boy. boy. All right. Well, you excellent. Know, we'll, we'll use big boy from now on. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, you know, once I, once I killed him and, you know, I had a tremendous taxidermist, you know, um, Eastside Taxidermy in Lima, Ohio, and he's a really good friend of mine. He was with me in 2009 and 2010 when I, you know, shot a 218-inch buck and, you know, never recovered him. And he's the one that mounted it for me, and he just did a tremendous job and put it, you know, like he was sleeping, like, you know, I told him, you know, I told him the whole story and how he was just laying there and, you know, his head propped up and everything, and he just went with it, you know. So he did a half-body and and put it on a pedestal, and, you know, that pedestal kind of rotates around, and he put my picture on the back of it, and right. it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's a great mount. Really enjoyed seeing the pictures, and uh, we're going to call it Thompson's Big Boy. How about that? And that sounds good. If you could, just, you know, I'll, I'll let you give a little promotion out to all your sponsors so that I'm sure they'll like to hear this whole interview. So why don't you give a, a just a quick rundown of your sponsors? Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Matthews, uh, Lancaster Archery, Carbon Express, Boning Veins, um, Alpen Optics, um, Scott and CBE uh, for all that they do for me. Um, if it wasn't for them, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Uh, Limb Saber is another one that I have that does a lot for me, and I just I just want to say thanks to all of them. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that uh, you get a copy of this and send them each copy so they can get it onto their respective websites so that they can hear the story behind uh, Thompson's Big Boy as well. Okay, I appreciate everything. All right, excellent, Dave. Thanks again, and uh, we'll uh, we'll send you some links as soon as it's out. Okay, thank you. Yep, take care. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye.